Ba-da-da-da-da-da! How long has it been, Darcy? I think it's been somewhere in the region of three months, Kieran, since we were on the air. That's quite a while. There Uh, just hasn't been that much bleakness to report on. Yeah, no, it's all been sunny, and we decided between ourselves that it, it didn't make sense to do the show if we were going to not be genuine about we didn't it. Want if we to were going to have to cook up bleakness. And look, you know, we don't do this full time. We need, <clears> when, when the harvest is scanty, yeah. we like to leave some crops for our friends at Bunta Vista and so on. Yeah, yeah. Our, our erstwhile comrades There's there. plenty. That, well, now we're in a season of plenty. We can <laughs> raid the orchards again. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What really happened? I started teaching. You started teaching. I started studying. Yeah. We were both much less organised than we told ourselves we'd be this time around. Yes. Uh, also, I nearly died a bunch of times from very common illnesses because I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Here's a bit for the listeners. I forgot to get my jabs <laughs> this season and ah. I nearly died of the flu. <laughs> yeah. Everybody remember to get, get your, your fucking vaccinations. I'm fucking terrible with that shit. I had to, I had to get it for work because yeah, I was in disability. So uh, they. I don't think you should talk about the deacon students like that, Karen. Oh, <laughs> very good. I had to get it for for Deacon as well. Uh, But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm normally dog shit with it, but I got it this year. I got a, like, it's just been a fucking terrible season for illnesses as well. I got a cold that put me on my ass, like, way more than any cold has a right to. Yeah. Like, it was a head cold, but it just had that fevery kind of aspect to it. Not not flu, not as bad as flu, but it just, uh, it's terrible. Well, we're, we're not young people anymore, Kieran. No. I'm that's... almost 30. You're in your 30s now. Yeah, yeah. These things hit us now, you know. It's like hangovers. It's true. You think it's to yourself, it's been over 72 hours. Why the fuck have I still hung over? Yeah. I had three mild ales. <laughs> my fucking my shit's been weird for like a month and yeah. I'm, I'm just genuinely tired of wiping my ass like it's become a job it, it's very distressing when you realize you can't afford the bargain paper anymore and you're like oh no <laughs> yeah 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 for the cost of a <clears throat> cup of coffee a day you now have to spend on slightly better <laughs> lavatory paper yeah exactly because you're old and your system doesn't work anymore we've still potentially got 40 years to get through and it's only downhill from here oh Karen. my god what a fucking prospect that is uh but anyway <clears throat> we're back uh, for a little bit, at least. I we're, think going we're, to, both... we're going to make a decent fist of it. Yeah. Um, but neither of us holds particularly strong fists, so... No, my grip strength is dog shit, <laughs> and I legitimately have arthritis in both of my wrists. As <laughs> a fucking 30-year-old man, my wrists are gone. And uh, I, so... I, 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 I'm just a louche. I'm terrible at, mm. at any form of exertion. Yeah. But we'll give it a go. Welcome back for the next little bit until we take another break. Yes, welcome back to Weakness for Bleakness. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, Captain said, the icebergs are the dead ahead. The men will keep the engines fed. I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history. There ain't a hope for you or me. When workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies. Everyone their own spies. Remember when the world was wise. We no, 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 no. 
Uh, all right. So, so what's our for? Because we're kind of doing a, a mega topic. Uh, we've got a big mega topic, but we've got some nice little bits to, to sort of uh, grease yeah. our throats, warm ourselves up. Yeah. Warm up the dear old listener. Mm-hmm. I've got an artifact with me, which yes. I've brought from the Spectator Australia, from our the favourite publication, the Flat White section. Uh, and it's I've just brought it along for those who don't regularly read the Spectator. This mm-hmm. is a very short article, but it is essentially condensed what you get in the Spectator, which is a lot of very stupid people who mm. think that they're G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> yep. Who, which he could barely get away with, frankly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G.K. Chesterton wouldn't really fly today, hey. G.K. Chesterton could not exist anymore. No? Yeah, in the con- yeah. modern context, there's no way. So well, yeah, I think mm. as much as they pretend that they're above political correctness, the Spectator yeah. people are actually very tightly controlled by their editors. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the the level of um, misogynistic horror that you need to make G.K. Chesterton work is also not publishable. Yeah. Which means they have just an embarrassing, shitty paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's, here- <laughs> this is, it's my favourite genre of conservative is, like, uh, bloviating people who think that they're, like, great orators or, like, masters of the written word and, like sort of acerbic but extremely intelligent uh, thought, yeah. but they're all just fucking small-minded, mean... No, they've just picked up, like, three expressions pens. from the 1930s, basically. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all right, let's hear it. This is called, from the flat white section, Ground Control to Major Jane. What a terrible headline. <laughs> I thought, well, I mean, it's actually one of the least offensive... Uh, even if it is one of the more bizarre and directionless. Mm-mm. She's out of her mind. Mm-hmm. She's off the planet. Mm. I'm reading this as it's formatted. Yeah. Those were both paragraphs. Yes. There's nothing more ridiculous than when a North Shore lefty accepts a gong, particularly one as batty and scatty as Jane Caro. Yeah, batty and scatty. That's how I always think of Jane Caro. I don't know very much about Jane. She's very direct admit. and articulate, and she says the word bullshit, which immediately sets her apart from uh, other commentators. But Sounds yes. pretty batty and scatty to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was she thinking? <laughs> That's a paragraph as well. Very few people in our public life come across as dishevelled Sloan Ranger mummies circa 1982 who've swallowed everything said by a student trots in the past 20 years along with a cocktail of their favourite pills too, but that doesn't deserve a senior honour. What a relatable piece of banter that is. Now, that entire paragraph was unpunctuated. Yeah, of the way course. I read it. Yeah, yeah. I also want to point out the uh, the beautiful contradiction of a Sloan Ranger, who's also <clears throat> a mother, who's swallowing everything the student trots have told her in the past 20 years. Yeah. Which means that she's been listening to the student trots probably since she was minus two. <laughs> I don't know any left-wing Sloan Rangers. It's really a massive, massive yeah. contradiction. Also, yeah. not really... Are there, are there still Sloan Rangers? I don't even know what a Sloan Ranger is. It's I like was really hoping that I'd be able to ride that... Princess Diana kind of character. Oh. So they hang out oh, in Sloan... What? They hang out in Sloan Square in London, which is why they're called the Sloan Rangers, and they're all sort of trust fund uh, dozens. Yeah, okay. The idea of them being uh, interested in anything the trots have to say is maybe the funniest bit of this. Yeah, yeah. What if. (laughs) Ah, the idea of putting that in an article and expecting. I guess you're kind of my window into the sort of 
mindset of people who would understand archaic or like very sort of posh references not because of your moral any moral failing on your part but just because you happen to be an expert in that field of culture bizarre anachronism (laughs) (laughs) so it's very good you're a fucking asset to the to the story yeah go on let's hear it let's hear what what fucking nuggets of genius this writer spews out next we're left with oh, sorry so we're left with one niggling question All from right. what <laughs> nothing's yeah. happened yet yeah given that she would have granted her approval for the award before the infamous move to new zealand comments i assume she wants to move to new zealand i guess did the lefty loudmouth only flag the shift because of instead of mere aos and so you still get sirs and dames there did Crazy Jane say yes to an honour here in the hope of an upgrade across the ditch? We deserve to be told. Nobody gives more of a fuck about honours than... Somebody was paid to write that, firstly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a crime. I've never read aloud something I understood so little of. Yeah, yeah. This being the side of politics that's allegedly concerned with meritocracy and, like, being able... being. Need uh, required to contribute before you get paid, and yet you can trot out this fucking Markov chatbot style old-timey horseshit. It was so refreshing. I loved it, and it was literally. I think it's a case of I, an unnamed and disembodied, (laughs) uncredited writer, also want an honor. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's pure envy. The politics of envy, if you will. I mean, you get an honour because she's been a basically a, a public servant in the form of an educator for like forty years or something, hasn't she? Yeah, she's. I mean, I don't. I don't know that much about her either, except that I, don't I follow know much her on Twitter. It. Except that she's like. I, I know that she's accepted an Order of Australia award. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know generally that she seems to be on the right side of uh, every issue that I've seen her comment on. Basically, she's a, a sensible sort of left wing public figure. But she's not a fucking radical from what I've seen. Better than she's Would not like a centrist. Think or anything, it's incorrect think. to call her crazy Jane. Uh yeah, that's <laughs> not the impression that I've gotten. Uh crazy Jane. I want to point out Fuck. that the more inclined a conservative writer is mm. to accuse people of being mentally imbalanced, yeah, the more deranged that person themselves is. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, yeah, the feverish kind of uh, frothy-mouthed lunatics that you find, like, in abundance in American politics, like... Uh, oh, absolutely. Oh, the kind of Tommy Lauren, Meghan McCain set, or whatever, although they're slightly different, I guess, but... That, they are slightly different. I mean... Hyper-accusatory... Meghan McCain already has enough money, so I think she's even less defensible than... At least Tommy Lauren's still on the make, you know? She's got a kind of excuse. <laughs> yeah, 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 of... yeah. <laughs> she's on that hustle. Rise and grind. Uh, fuck. That, that doesn't... So that's... I, I recommend The the Spectator. That was a small bite of yeah. how, how structured and clear their articles tend mm. to be. If you can imagine that, but longer... Yeah. That's more or less what they do. There were some nice ones I was going to bring along with me about how patriarchy is good and yeah, how you can't yeah. have an Edwardian schoolboy adventure anymore because of the lefties and capitalism mm. and how Boris Johnson's a left-wing traitor, which would be actually quite fascinating. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> take. This is, yeah. by the way, Andrew Neil, 
who was mm. accused by um, uh, that that ghastly little squeak. What's his name? Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Was like, are you a left wing journalist, sir? Oh, it's um, that dude. This is his paper. He's not an yeah, actual yeah, yeah. writer for them, but he's a director of the Spectator. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So that's how that's how right wing you have to be in America now <laughs> to be acknowledged as right wing. Is yeah, yeah. The Spectator is too centrist. <laughs> the Patriarchy is not only morally correct, it also works effectively. Mm. Paper is not sufficiently <laughs> yeah. right wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're on a whole different fucking track there, that's for sure. And capitalism and Boris Johnson are not sufficiently right wing. Yeah. Fucking, so it's good. Dig into it. You can get The Spectator for free for a month. Yeah. Um, so do that and have a laugh. It's definitely every fragment that you've brought in has been entertaining. And every, every little thing that you've told me about aside from those fragments, has been very entertaining. So I'll second that recommendation. Uh, shall we push? Yeah, we'll push. Uh, okay, uh, I'm very un- unprepared. That will shock listeners who <laughs> <laughs> are accustomed to my usual fastidious nature. Uh, but the first thing that I want to talk about is this uh, just this Setka kerfuffle. Oh, uh, John Setka. Uh, John Setka, who is currently uh, actively undermining left-wing uh, efforts by being an absolute cunt and refusing yeah. to step down. John Setka has, like, just strode straight from the nightmares of Margaret Thatcher. Yes, yeah. the shittiest. Yeah, yeah. He's an absolute piece of shit. Like caricature <clears throat> evil union dude. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's ah, got... this is a nice factory you got here, Mr. O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, be ashamed if something happened to it, but luckily, <laughs> I know some guys that can keep it safe for you. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he's fucking American, but I run with it. It doesn't help that, like, the publicity shot that they keep using for all of the articles about this is him leaning back in his chair with his arm up so you can see his fucking yeah, tacky tribal tattoo. terrible photograph, I'll say in fairness. But, you know, he let it out there. Yeah. He, he let the photo slip. Yeah, <laughs> and a- he was also... <laughs> and he and got a, the tattoo. Abusive cunt who said those uh, those comments about Rosie Batty, how like men don't have rights since Rosie Batty. Spoke yeah, that... don't know, don't know much about the Rosie Batty case, but if I have it correct, uh, she's a woman whose son was murdered. The the rights that he's talking about are the <clears> rights <throat> to basically abuse your property, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was obviously not considered abuse, mm. but husbands in Australia, unfortunately, haven't had these rights. Since the seventies or eighties, I think maybe the early eighties. Yeah, possibly. Um, so it's actually it's it's the fault of the common law judges. Yeah, yeah. The activist judges who uh, <laughs> said, "Yeah, we might need something more substantial than that rule of thumb <clears throat> bit of folklore." Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, start treating women like autonomous creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if we're going to take the concept of human seriously as a unifying sort of ontological state. But yeah, Rosie Batty, who um, who who survived near death and was the witness to the death of her daughter. Daughter? I thought it was her son. Son. It was her son. I'm sorry. Yeah, and uh, and became an activist subsequently, uh, who pretty much everybody can get on side with. Uh, and then yeah, uh, Setka fucking chew, uh, ragged on her and said that men have lost their their rights since she. Uh, was motivated by intense trauma and hardship and suffering. Uh, yeah, and then refuses to fucking step down. And what's frustrating is that, like... Oh, he's also been engaged on a harassment campaign as well. Yeah, yeah, this is... Her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been to the terrible shit that he's been up to. Is so he's, he's not just an armchair misogynist um, complaining about women's rights. He's very much an active piece of crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's on trial at the moment for uh, abusing a woman, right? I think yes. That's the, that's the well, he's being charge. investigated. I don't know if he's on trial yet. Uh, yeah, the matter is before the courts, they say. Oh, it is? Okay, yes, then yes, yes. Before. Because this is part of the absolutely nonsense uh, defence by ACTU uh, Secretary Sally McManus, who is normally very good on issues like this, when she said, we will not comment on the Rosie Batty comments while it's before the court, but of course it's a completely different thing that's before the court. The Rosie Batty comments are something else entirely. It's been very disappointing that she hasn't... Uh, uh, called for his immediate ejection from the CFMEU, and it's fucking wild. She's let Albanese, who we'll get to a little bit later on, uh, who's been mostly disappointing since his ascendancy. Uh, voice of the left, voice of the left, <laughs> voice of the left, voice of the left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's let him get out ahead and say that he thinks that uh, Setka's Labour Party membership should be cancelled immediately. And he's right. Uh, yes, he it is should. right. But this is, like, part of a broader point where if we want to fucking succeed with a progressive movement and a unionist movement, we can't engage in the same fucking tribalistic protection horse shit that the right does. No, where we have to to, uh, lead by example. Because the heart of our entire politic is supposed Mm -hmm. to be the uh, ethics of equality. Yeah. That really is supposed to be the heart of everything that we do here. Yeah. And I understand that there's a fine line between, like, call-out culture and shit like that, which can be tedious and and hinder movements, and sort of not allowing a leadership position to an avowed piece of shit, like uh, like Setka. And this is something that plagued, uh, like, the DSA in the US when they elected a fucking cop unionist to, to their leadership thing, and it took a million years for them to get rid of him. But uh, that was, like, a pretty sort of young organisation, and eventually they did. It's There's no excuse for, for keeping John Setka around. No, there's not, unless you are the shackled. I've just I've just been doing some quick background research yeah, to good. see what's going on. Lend some weight. Apparently, um, Setka... Excuse me, I've just, had a, I've just had an offer to subscribe uh, pop up on my screen. Which oh, is... wonderful. Maybe, That's, you're so lucky. Let me see what I'm subscribing to before I reject that uh, offer. <laughs> <laughs> the John Setka Defence Fund. Yeah, so essentially Setka's blaming this all on um, on his uh, decades of union activism. Yeah. He's being, uh, he's being made an example of and smeared. He is. It's... Uh... <laughs> Oh dear, sorry, I won't go into the unshackled. It's mm. um it's less coherent than I was hoping it would be. It was ah. just a sort of mad rant about everyone on the left. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good yeah. example of uh how uh, how dangerous the charge of hypocrisy is mm. to leftist politics. It's much more dangerous to the left than it is to the right. Well, the the, the right is sort of centrally hip- hypocritical in its makeup essentially yeah. because it has to be two-faced to succeed like well the right's also fighting with the preservation of an existing power structure yeah everyone's very familiar with the hypocrisies yeah yeah if you want to convince people that there's a safer and better way forward you can't uh, show yourself up to be uh, as uh, morally 
deranged and irredeemable as your opponents because then it's not worth backing your horse yeah yeah people will stick with the devil they know if it's if there's any chance for them to i think generally and philosophically obviously john setker isn't going to make this kind of a move that i'm about to suggest but generally i know you just said philosophically (laughs) yeah uh it's it's uh uh it's a good reason to suggest that maybe a central part of uh, left leadership should be exercising some fucking humility and not being afraid to step back and allow some sort of rotational uh, momentum in the leadership and be willing to kind of be like, all right, I don't have to be at the forefront of this anymore. Well, if your argument, if your reason for being there in leadership is for the betterment of the organization and the goals that it's supposed to be working for, that's exactly what you do. Yeah. Um, but as we say, John Setker is the union boss from Thatcher's Nightmares. Yeah, He's yeah. literally who she thought she was saving Britain from. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's, he's giving uh, her a lot of material to work with. Yeah, yeah. And basically, in this country, whenever you talk to somebody who's kind of quasi-informed and you bring up unions, if they have any kind of uh, professional or sort of casual familiarity with the CFMEU, it's always john setka's style that they yeah criticize and it's hard to it's difficult to get around the fact that he's even if like he hadn't done anything wrong mm. um it's difficult to get around the fact that he's a fundamentally difficult person to be around <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but uh there's also i think you know, there's the sorts of people who you try to explain to them that unions technically don't actually have bosses yeah. And then there was like, yeah, but what about John Setkin? Like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the, uh, yeah. We need to build a USSR-style uh, discourse around John okay. Setka. Yep. Where it's like, yes, well, there have been failed experiments in the past, <laughs> but we can learn from that and go forward. But it's hard to do that when it's not in the past and yet. This is when we remake The Purge, set in the much more high-tension, high-stakes context of an executive party meeting <laughs> discussing what to do about the re- most recent behavioural yeah. fuck-up. <laughs> yeah. I wish they would do that a bit more. Anyway, <laughs> Mac- brilliant. McManus seems to be coming around to doing the right thing, so hopefully by the time this is out, she'll have... Uh, I hope so, as I think it'll more. be wonderful for her once he's out of the way. Yeah, and she's generally, like, quite I, good I like, stuff. It's, I like it's, McManus. Bring on yeah. that... What was it? Press referring to it as McManistan. <laughs> of course. Disastrous landscape of Australia when unions have the whip hand again. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on. 100%. All right, let's... Speaking of... What's your next tidbit? Wonderful corporate uh, delights and the beauties of vast institutions. This is from the ABC. And mm. it's uh, by Anthony Funnel. For future tense, so Radio National, essentially. Right. Uh, Now, we have a report that Uber and Netflix are running at a loss. Mm. They're not unique amongst uh, modern corporations. It's a 21st century Silicon Valley trend, though. Mm. Obviously, most firms who handle actual distributions of goods can't do this, apart from Amazon, which uh, ran at a loss for the first 14 years, I think, of its existence or something. But... there's a new tendency amongst aggressive capitalist firms yeah. to ignore the profit motive or rather defer the profit motive yeah. and run at a loss or at a very, very marginal profit. So Amazon, mm. I think, is technically a profitable company, but yeah. it's an extraordinarily small profit. 
Yeah, but I mean, it helps that they're like a logistics company. It helps they're a logistics they have company. Products to ship. So and these stuff are all traditional. No one doing this is in manufacturing. These yeah, are not yeah, games all... you play if you've actually got skin in the game. Yeah, it's yeah. all apps and services and, and that's stuff right. Like that. It was this. It's the same with Twitter, uh, which is notoriously like waiting for the hammer to drop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also it's it's obviously comprehensively bullshit because you know Jeff Bezos. He's yeah. still the world's wealthiest man, or not, but only because he gave Mackenzie a third of the billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You don't get to be in that position if your company's only making scintilla profits. Well, yeah, this is the thing. Obviously, we, there's we a say that it's great losing deal money, of accountancy but... jiggery pokery yeah. going on as well. Everybody involved is making money. It's kind of like not for profits, and it's like, oh, it must be good. It's a not for profit, but yeah, but the chairperson has a salary of two million a year. Yeah. It's the same with fucking Netflix and Uber and everything, yeah. Um, but it's a disturbing trend because these companies are either... Well, essentially what they're doing is they're taking up the capitalistic tendency to concentrate property yep. and they are speeding the process up to uh, degrees that were unimaginable in the 20th century, in mm. the 19th century. Yeah. Just extraordinary acceleration of market mm. domination. Yeah. And it will, I assume, end very badly. You would think so, uh, because every market anomaly ends badly. Basically, like that seems like an inevit- inevitability. But I think it also maybe just indicates uh, how weirdly tortured and gamified the financial system has become. Like to the point where like, it's been running contrary to reason for average people for like a long time, in terms of. Uh, unlimited growth of a market and any average person is like oh but that doesn't seem sustainable and it's like no 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 houses just keep going up in price and then uh everybody profits without thinking about how that reflects on uh you know new investor uptake and stuff like that but it seems like just the next step in that where it's like oh it doesn't adhere to the old notions of profit and loss anymore but everybody involved still profits everyone's making money but it's definitely indicative that like some sort of market exploitation is happening. And you can see that in the way that like old taxi firms have been undermined and stuff. And I'm not a really a fan of basically any t- traditional taxi company that I've ever had to deal with, but uh, they've been just completely fucking gutted. And, and obviously like in terms of the creation of media, like film and TV, uh, Netflix uh, is good in some ways, but it's all been concentrated in sort of a few companies. And generally speaking, it's not good if you used to like Black Mirror. Uh, have you watched the new ones? Yeah, I've only watched one of them. You should have stayed at Channel Four. Oh well, you know, whatever. I don't mind it as much as you do, but uh, uh, but generally speaking, two the, of the, the three endings of... were happy, Kieran. That that can bother me. I, like I said, I've only seen one of them, but it was a happy ending. Uh, yeah, but just generally speaking, the the quality and uh, r- like experimentation in media creation has taken a pretty sharp nosedive. Well, even within Netflix itself. Yeah. Um, four years ago, Netflix mm. was doing some quite exciting things with television. Yeah. That nosedived pretty quickly. Yeah. Every Netflix original show now is like... Uh, even the ones that I sort of like uh, feel like empty calories yeah. in a way. Like, I'll watch them and I, I might enjoy them while I'm watching them. Like, I felt that way with Maniac. I felt that way with Russian Doll a little bit. Russian Dolls? Russian Doll? Russian... Oh, that's where she has a 
reliving experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, for the first maybe two... I think for that whole series, like, I enjoyed it while I was watching it. And then it ends, and a week later, I can barely remember what it's about. What's Her Chops is just a very entertaining actor as well. Natasha Leon. Natasha Leon. I... Like she could do any kind of yeah. crap show, and it would be quite fun because she's just a charismatic person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she holds that up quite a lot. And then like with Maniac, I think it was just like the aesthetics and uh, the actors are okay. Uh, but like Justin Theroux did a fucking masterful turn as the scientist in that. Hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Maniac. So. It's worth it. It's 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 worth it. It's an interesting I show. Thought Big Mouth just, was fun. I haven't seen Big Mouth, but these are all like kind of bits that are being plucked out from a huge mass of just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are the best Ugh. examples that I can think of. None of them are, like, truly great shows, right? Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. But it makes sense if they're if they're um, cutting as much cost as they can. Yeah. The first thing you get rid of are the writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think they're just kind of fundamentally Weird. uninterested in, uh, uh, like story development it's obviously more about product which it always has been for the for the networks but also when it's a when it's netflix's market when they're one of the only games in town and there's a huge competition for for positions they're not going to pick people and develop them they're just going to take up stuff which they think they can sell and you can see how these shows are easy to sell yes and then you have like a kind of smattering of woke shit like you which was supposed to be examining toxic masculinity in the, no, that stalker show seen you. it was entertaining enough i guess and there were a few points where you're like fuck the person who wrote this genuinely has a pretty good insight into this kind of frame of thinking but then it was also tacky soap opera schlocky horse shit that experimented with t- t- shifting wildly in tone and it's like oh i enjoy this episode that's like patricia highsmith fucking talented mr ripley weirdness and then it would go to fucking bold and the beautiful style shit. I don't know. It's this was supposed to be about not making a profit. But this was supposed I'm to be angry not about making a profit. So it's, <laughs> it's fair. That's completely fair. I, I, uh, if I hadn't given up that fight years ago, I would also be very angry <laughs> yeah. at the state of television. I started watching season three of The Expanse last night, and now that is a show that I enjoy. All right, I, I haven't seen The Expanse. I have finally got around mm. to watching the end of Throne Games. Yeah. Throne I see, game. I, I see what people were upset about. Yeah. does it's... rather feel like they <laughs> completely botched the job. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking... It was bad. Well, it was a shame, because nothing happened that I thought was bad, per se. It this is the thing. very compressed. Apart from the, the White Walker ending, which was Oh, yeah, that shit. was just I'm, like, oh, they're, they're gone now. I'm <laughs> sincerely angry about how that was handled. Okay, yeah. But with everything Fair. else, the major beats were mostly okay, with a couple of exceptions but yeah it was just hyper compressed no love put into you know developing the characters jamie going back to knackers and getting buried with her could have been a wonderful tragic end to a character yeah if it hadn't just been like oh anyway yeah yeah and likewise uh daenerys being um destroyed by power and by her desire to be loved would have been wonderful Potentially as an ending, if it hadn't been just like a thing she did all of a sudden. Yeah, firstly, (laughs) if they hadn't tied it to the second last black character on the show being executed as a breaking point, which felt dumb. Uh, And then in four scenes gone from that kind of building uh, difficulty, that sort of like going a bit mad Daenerys to then two scenes later giving the Hitler speech on top of the steps and then... (laughs) 
yeah, being it was a quick turn. Mad. I it's think just it was too. All of it was too fast. I think it was done. Y- you could have used Masande's death as a because remember she's. I I think mm. I may have forgotten because quite a lot happened in the over the course of the show. I don't think Masande's ever caused harm to anybody. No. Or expressed any ill will towards anybody. Over she's quite a gentle character. Yeah. So I see that like her death would be particularly enraging. If you if, you're, if you took you the know, time to establish that's that, what as I mean. A beat. You could, yeah, you could yeah, absolutely yeah. do it really well because she's one of the few genuinely just gentle, nice people on the show. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps that could have been pulled off, but it would have needed more attention over the last two seasons. It probably. would. Oh, they should have done more. Like it was nuts. Yeah. I understand that they got given a gig. Um, doing some disastrous Star Wars thing that we're all going to regret enormously. Yeah, they got the Star Wars thing. They're also doing um, the, the show about what if the South had won the Civil War, which seems like one of the most fucking misplaced uh, ideas ever. Yeah, like um, SSGB, have you seen? It's about a London copper, but he's a detective in post-Nazi London. Oh, right. And it's kind of, it's like sort of a bit fun, but yeah. the police force is fundamentally, funnily enough, exactly the same organisation. Yeah, um, you could do quite a lot with that. You could do a lot with that, but I do I mean, Man in the High Castle is good. I told people to watch that on one of these episodes about Nazi-occupied uh, USA. Why would you not just give the responsibilities to somebody else, though? Like, they didn't have mm. to finish the project themselves. They could have stayed on well, as this, executive producers. This is the really infuriating thing, is that they refused... A higher episode count. HBO wanted them to do 10 episodes for the last two seasons. HBO have invested quite a lot in this. I'm sure they didn't want it to be ruined for the last (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they didn't, they refused a higher load and they also refused to hand it over. And what, like, fundamentally, what we can divine about fucking Daniel, Daniel Benioff and DB Weiss, what we can divine from them is that they're, like, quite good adapters and fucking terrible writers. Like the second, it went wobbly once they ran a book. It's been well observed. Yeah. I, I, I thought they did manage to carry off. Was it the sixth? No, the fifth season. So they ran out of books at the end of season four. I mean, I, I think, think there was still bits and pieces through. The the season fifth. five was okay. Season five was all right, apart from that weird bit where they went all princess bride and dawn. That was I didn't like that. All of the dawn shit was terrible. Um, and then season six was. Not good. And I don't remember. Seven was seasons. horrendous. I don't even fucking remember which is which. Basically, what happened was uh, all of the, the plotting and story and stuff was really good while they had book material. Yeah. And all of the battles were shit. And then when they ran out of book material, all of the plotting went fucking way downhill, but the battles became really cool. Yeah. So there's this like... And the battles were never particularly important. Hypothetically beautiful show where they have... Uh, the director who directed most of the big battle episodes directing battles in the first four seasons. And it's like, fuck what a good show that would have been. But yeah, fundamentally whatever it's game of Thrones. Everybody has their opinions about That's it. True. it. Ended in a fucking absolute disaster. But maybe that's part of George R. R. Martin's genius, Kieran. Maybe yeah. it's the overarching point that you, you can't have mm. a great fable end in a satisfactory fashion. Well, this is the, this is the one thing that I want to really fucking pick a bone with uh, at the end when we talk about the the White Walkers thing and how fucking abjectly disappointing that was uh, to end with the argument that a lot of people bring up is like oh but it was this unresolvable plot point like it never would have ended satisfyingly because you have a world like it's just too high stakes and too silly and stuff uh it was completely resolvable they'd done all the groundwork firstly it it was completely arsenal of volcano glass arrows yeah 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 
firstly, there's absolutely a way to plot your way around it. And that's maybe by taking the climate change allegory seriously. But I don't want, I don't want to fan fiction right. The thing that I want to p- take issue with is you can't excuse a flaw in a story by saying that the flaw had always been present. Well, that's true as well. George R.R. Yeah. R. Martin didn't fucking travel to Westeros and start making a diary about his experiences <laughs> there. He wrote that into the story, so it's still a fucking flaw in the writing. But that's... Uh, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Uber and Netflix. Yeah, sorry, if you yes. ever turned a profit. Speaking of White <laughs> Walkers... Um, <laughs> uh, so if we've got a trend established yeah. where companies are able to run whether really or only on paper at a loss mm. and in so doing they're able to essentially trash their w- way through the marketplace yeah and destroy the companies that are contributing tax receipts yeah we're going to end up in a society where like in good old uh, dickensian times we mm. essentially have a very 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 badly paid workforce yes and we have a government that is running on a completely shoestring budget. Yeah. It's going to be interesting uh, watching these guys who have got this kind of smash everything and keep moving marketplace mentality yeah. literally knock down the foundations uh, that they need to stand on. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what they're going to do. They're going well, to sweep away mm. things. What, what a lot of capitalists who are young capitalists don't mm. I think older capitalists are aware of this, but are less concerned about it. But young ones don't even realize that a lot of the things that limit their ambition are actually there for their own good. Yeah, yeah. Structural. It's not there to protect us from them. It's there to protect them from their own fucking stupidity. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. It's 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 a fragile system. It's not. Uh, this is the yeah. They get a bit libertarian with it and. It's frustrating. But what shouldn't surprise us is that in the story of Netflix rampaging through the market, untouchable by the concept of loss, they have plot armor. So in that sense, they're very, very true to the brand. (laughs) It's interesting that conservatives are still um, ragging on the ABC for being this kind of oversubsidized media monster that's destroying all of their precious assets and yeah it's like they they, they're very much like tywin lannister in Mm. the sort of refusing to admit that the that the game has changed yeah none of these guys give a shit about amazon tv or stan or uh, not stan because that's channel nine fairfax i think one of those guys but netflix and amazon are destroying the murdoch empire far more effectively than anything the abc can do yeah that's true and uh, Amazon and Netflix are doing so with an even more apolitical and less interested eye to detail than the ABC. They don't give a shit what side they represent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, if I was the Tories, I'd be I'd be rushing to protect the ABC now. Yeah. She could be the only thing between them and <laughs> uh, the internet giants very soon. Yeah. It's where I also get a bit of admiration for the fucking crazy moves that SBS does occasionally, where they'll... They, they only do it from time to time. This is completely way more flippant than the point that you just made, which I kind of immediately pivoted away from. Yes, yeah, th- I, I would be doing the same if I were in their position. But yeah, the SBS occasionally will just be like, oh, we have Handmaid's Tale. Like, they'll just come through with, like, some incredible lowball bid and they'll just nap, like, nab up some insanely high-profile show. Just be like, oh, that's on our channel. And it's like Netflix, Stan, Foxtel, and all of the commercial channels drop the ball. And then they're like, oh, sweet. We've got the most popular show of the season. 
Game of Thrones finishes, everybody stops watching Foxtel, Handmaid's Tale time, SBS. I have my problems with that show, but it's undeniably. I haven't show. actually seen. I've only seen the first episode of Handmaid's Tale. I mean, it's it's not. I haven't it's, been following it at all. It's mostly just that the second season is a crime of like audience expectation and, and uh, uh, second season status can quo be maintenance. Preacher really fucked up their second season. Yeah, yeah. It, actually, Preacher is a great analog I mean, for this. Such a fucking coma during the second season of Preacher. Jesus. Yeah. But then the third season kind of brought it back, picked, right? Picked it up again, yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Handmaid's Tale, I think. First season was quite good. A little... It was very... It hewed very close to the book. It was kind of limited in scope in a good way. Uh, and then the second season was just... A, an endless cycle of status quo and then third season seems to be picking it up a bit all right so you see if you go in knowing that it's okay it's just when it gets yeah. you unawares you suffer because if it wasn't for pip torrens in season two yeah. doing his bizarre bald-headed madness yeah there yeah. would have been nothing there would have been literally nothing <laughs> yeah yeah it was a grind which is ironic because pip torrens character and was one of the main reasons also that the show kind of became a nowhere grind yeah, 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 that's true. That whole stupid Christian secret society garbage shit pointless plot nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale is like that, but worse because it's straight-faced and extremely bleak. Like, it's it becomes torture-porny kind of thing. And there's, uh, st- okay. there's well, still some implausibility, but maybe it's like picking that, up. Uh, sort of thing. Anyway. Uh, so that's never fun to watch people suffer. So we spent about twenty minutes talking about television. Well, should we do our last? We should headline and then yeah, yeah. We should. uh, I mean, there was more in that that I wanted to discuss, but we didn't. So (laughs) that's how it goes. We'll leave it alone. Um, it'll it'll doubtless come up later anyway. It will. It's a reality of media production now, so it's it's relevant. Uh. I want to talk just like briefly about the US primaries and where we're standing now because I gave a little update back before the big break. It's not all bleak. It's not all bleak. Uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the uh, fucking the gathering John storm. of yeah, the Democratic yeah, Party. He is. People are way Nobody less willing wants to. You here. Except they do. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, there's this, like, fucking bizarre chunk of the electorate yeah. who are politically active mm. and yet don't pay any attention at all to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't get those guys. I understand the apathetic ones. Yeah. The ones who are just like, no, nope, not my yeah. thing. Don't care. Even though they often vote in terrible ways, I'm kind of on their side a lot because it's like, why wouldn't sure. you be apathetic and disaffected? And, and it's like, yeah, nobody gives a shit about you. It's true. And from that perspective, Joe Biden makes a lot of sense because he was the goofy dude from the memes, and you know, the Obama presidency has There's a lot a of goodwill. There's a sense that he's always been there, and it's fine. Yeah, he yeah. Talks like he knows what he's doing. But um, yeah, of course. Basically, Joe Biden joined the race and immediately became the front runner. Uh. Every time he's opened his mouth in public, he's lost points. Yeah, because he's a disaster. Well, because he's a terrible person with terrible... Like, he doesn't really have any one position that he's actually good on. No, he's not uh, He's not a strategically minded cynic. He's a genuinely stupid person. A genuinely stupid person. Was and lucky it, enough to come through at a time when politics demanded no ideas of yeah. people. Because yeah. it was a neoliberal consensus. And where he does have ideas, he's genuinely mean-spirited. Uh, Only if you're a woman. Or a millennial. Or, or a millennial. Black. Or black. Or not American. <laughs> yeah. Or not yet American. Yeah, yeah. Or not considered American. <laughs> yeah. 
or not rich. Uh, basically, or not rich. Yeah. So if you're... If you're not one of his personal friends. <laughs> yeah, okay. In the Republican Party. In the Repu- if you're a Republican, you're fine. If you're a Republican <laughs> uh, dealmaker, then you're on Biden's good side. But if you're anybody else, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, basically, like, he's he's come out. He said he has no empathy for millennials or for the struggling, struggling working class. Uh, he... I mean, we should be applauding the honesty, though. Yeah, yeah, we should. We don't want to be in this impossible situation. Like, oh, they never tell the truth and then just <laughs> yeah. be mean to them when they do. Yeah, yeah. He's the beast from Transmetropolitan. <laughs> like, he's a piece of shit, but he's better than the Smiler, which I guess is fucking Pete Buttigieg or something. Oh, yeah, yeah the homeopathy guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. And a bunch of stuff from his past has been coming up, like how he doesn't believe that women have absolute right to control their bodies uh, and is not... He's, I don't know if he's like 100% pro-life, but he def- he's definitely on the pro-life side of things. Uh, he's got a long history of touching women inappropriately. and He really does, and not learning from it. Yeah, because like, after it came out... he gets out, shouted at every single time yeah. it happens, and he never picks up that he needs to stop. <laughs> he released some statement that was like, oh, I'll try to be more mindful of this. And then the next time that he appeared in public, he picked a like 12-year-old girl out of the crowd and then delivered his speech with her standing in front of him with his hands on her shoulders. Like, he's a fucking weirdo uh, and a creep. Uh, and he's the front runner, but he's losing ground behind him is Bernie. Like it's worth mentioning that he's in with a real fucking shot. Like, I mean, that's reassuring. There is cause to be optimistic. And then behind them, I'm not really sure how things are shaking out. Warren has a pretty good chunk. She is. I'm kind of warming up on Warren a little bit. I'm still not excited but when i look at the policies that she's proposing she has a i can't deny that every single one of them is a huge improvement yeah yeah, yeah. currently going on she has a pretty good policy platform she has a couple of uh negatives in her wishy-washy stance on yeah wishy-washy stance on medicare for all yeah sort of shaky foreign policy stances and yeah terrible strategist uh so far but she's definitely like I only have two choices, and she's my second choice. Well behind Bernie, uh, who isn't even like... uh, Yeah, we keep reiterating this. Not even like a fucking radical leftist or anything, just... Only in their political context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing that you spend your entire career being demonstrably the most well-suited person in your fucked-up organisation, and you still like, oh, well, I guess that gives you a chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have noted incompetent <laughs> nightmare machine, but he's previously ruined positions of responsibility. So that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 puts him ahead of you. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. He's the most. Ex- they've trotted out like the he's the most experienced candidate. Of course they have. Yeah, and it's like. Do you remember all that time he experienced doing fuck all? Yeah, yeah. When the poor and needy of the country needed yeah. him to fucking fix ah, a but, deeply broken system. But <laughs> unlike Sanders, he's passed a lot of legislation like the crime bill yeah. <laughs> and shit like that. All the great uh, things that haven't got us into this mess. Yeah, yeah. He's a piece of shit, but I think there's reason to be optimistic that he'll fall. You know who else uh, was really experienced? Captain Bly, <laughs> one of the most long-serving officers in the Royal Navy. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. In fact, nobody was more experienced at getting turfed off the side of their own ship than Captain Bly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
But it, it's just telling that after the complete disappointment of the Clinton campaign and the resounding shout from America that experience was explicitly almost the opposite of what they were after. Yeah, this guy's really good that. at fucking you over. Why aren't you voting for him? Yeah. So uh, that's how the primaries are shaking out. It's basically those three, and then everybody else is like further behind that. There's Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, who's like a very scary kind of uh, figure to me, a former soldier who's just a pure political calculator. There's Beto, he is he doesn't have a fucking snowball's chance in hell. There's like Harris, who mercifully seems to have fallen out of popularity broadly although she still has i was looking forward to a tough prosecutor (laughs) yeah yeah there was a great thing there was just some uh presidential candidates convention thing uh democratic presidential candidates convention kind of thing and bernie was there with uh mcdonald's workers who were uh marching for a 15 dollars minimum wage or a 15 dollars wage at mcdonald's and so uh, there were different groups of supporters for all of the candidates, but he was just leading, like, at the front of a march. He wasn't leading it, but he was at the front of a march <clears throat> where they were all sort of holding their placards and chanting for a $15 wage. And they came up to a Kamala Harris uh, group of supporters who were also holding signs and chanting, and they were like, it's time for a woman in the White House. That was their chant. And just, like, the shithouse optics of a bunch of working class protesters fighting for a $15 wage coming up and then getting drowned out by people saying we want a woman in the White House was just like... We need the right kind of arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More representation amongst the corrupt uh, elites. Yeah. Where's our Mrs. Moneybags, eh? (laughs) Equal opportunity in the monopoly. That was the problem with Dust Capital. Not enough gender diversity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Do we know... (laughs) Do we know what's happening with the Hawaiian one? I've just had a Tulsi blank. Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard, thank you. She, she's not on the map. She's she's, she's in there. She's doing better than like the Swalwells and all of the weird. I was wondering guys if her having a foot in no camps policy was going to prove effective or not. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, she's. We won't know what's happening with her until people start to drop out. Right. I think because uh, she's solidly in the sort of back portion of the thing there's also the interesting ones like mike gravel i don't know if you know about him he's, no. a, he's a really old dude and he's got a bunch of young people running his social media so it's just like he's a bit of a he's a protest a jokey protest candidate and there but like his uh teenage social media team are very left-wing so that's good <laughs> and then there's andrew yang with his dumb like thousand dollars for every citizen uh techno liberal uh libertarian oh bullshit. like those guys we just had <laughs> They've started multiplying in our Senate paper as well. The direct you know, the vote democracy. Guys, yeah. yeah. Even, but worse than that. I really think, worse very than that. American kind of uh, thing. But yeah, that, that's the situation. The debate, their first round of uh, primary debates are happening in a few weeks, which I'm going to stay up like an absolute nerd and that's live good. stream. Um, do we know where the AOC uh, support is going yet? I don't think so. This is the thing. She has to endorse Bernie, basically, yeah, but, to maintain but they, credibility. But she may be going Warren way. She might do Warren, yeah. Which, we don't know yet. I hope, it, she, uh, I hope she goes for Bernie. Yeah, I think she'll 
if I had to guess, and I'm not much of a fucking predictor of these things, but As I we think she'll learn you and I know less probably than most of our listeners. Yeah, about anything yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> which we'll get to soon. I can't imagine that anybody listening to this is like, oh, the weakness for bleakness take on the U.S. presidential <laughs> primary is just what I've been waiting for. Uh, Man, these guys are so smart. I love listening to them. <laughs> Uh, but I think we won't, we probably won't hear from her until after the first round of debates. I don't think in terms of endorsement stuff, uh, but, uh, the, so, the only other thing is that Bernie's been getting really fucking bullish on left wing stuff, which is very exciting to me. Like, yeah. Well, I think he, pre- this is it. Like he has to do it this time because yeah, yeah. that realistically for another four years might not be doable. Yeah. I mean, the, like it's worth reiterating the only way, uh, the only reason he joined the campaign last time was first because he couldn't f- persuade Elizabeth Warren to run because yeah. he couldn't, uh, oh, yes, persuade right. any, uh, further left people to, to run. And he like Chapo talked about this, like that he literally on his lunch break, uh, oh, that's right. And, he just popped out. Yeah. Sort of and said, said, oh yeah, I'm going for it. I'm running. And it was only ever supposed to be an awareness thing. And he held off on joining this race until he could assess whether there was somebody younger and more progressive and stuff to, to kind of put his support behind. Uh, so I think, yeah, he understands that this time it's his last shot at running. Most likely he's just got to fucking go all out and, that's great he's somebody with nobody but nothing to lose so this is the time for them to turn shit around but there's no reason to be optimistic based on every single major event that's happened in the last five years yeah well and the 10 to twenty thousand of recorded history preceding them yeah yeah but that's it that's the primaries there'll <laughs> awesome. be more of an update after the debates i think i'll talk about I, do you know bit. what i do kind of like the debates uh, yeah, I kind of like all of that wonky shit in, in this. If it's, it's one thing about politics, the Americans definitely do a lot better than us. Oh, the spectacle of it. The spectacle of the debates and, and the fact that it has got to a point now where all of their candidates are expected to actually have positions on things. Yeah, yeah. Again, almost exclusively because of Bernie. Oh, uh, 100%. And it'll be interesting to see Biden. Oh, yeah. Doing, yeah. he'll he'll... Do you know who he reminds me of more than anybody else is the Hugh Abbott character from the first yeah. season. This policy will do an enormous amount of good for an enormous number of people. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and like the man who played Hugh Abbott, there's a non-zero chance that he'll be <laughs> implicated in a complicated child pornography case. Do you know, I, <laughs> that's probably something to talk about because I've, I've been investigating the Chris Langham case. Yeah, yeah. Because I was interested because he's... A guy who I've always known as a bit character in the comedy world. Yeah, yeah. But always a bit character connected to very significant things. Like he was in the life of Brian as the centurion who's giggling. Yeah, at yeah. Biggest Dickus. Yeah. He did a bunch of stuff with Rick May. So I've always had him. In, and then he suddenly became famous. And then this. The, yeah. But it's a lot more complicated a case than it first appeared. This is why I said complicated. Because yeah. it seems to primarily be a tragic thing. I uh, was very relieved to discover he's unlikely to be an actual um, child abuser. Yeah, well, it's interesting that him, his reputation is probably irreparably damaged by it. Like, it, yeah. he's probably finished. And then, is it Pete Townsend who mounted the same defence? Oh, yeah, but from on, the Who. But on Pete much sketchier ground. Townsend had extremely shitty um, supporting documents yeah 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 like his case is way more suspect but he's maintained way more of his reputation and actually the um langham the sort of the judge's notes in the langham case was look you mean you're being punished because what you did was stupid and illegal but yeah we don't view you as a threat to anybody yeah 
That's, <coughs> yeah. Anyway, for more defensive, more defensive convicted pedophile. Convicted pedophile, Chris Langham, we will be uh, back next week. Yeah. But for now, uh, it'll take me that long to get my bits together. But yeah. that's just because it's a, it's a fascinating thing to look at, the it way is, these it dynamics is. work. Yeah. Especially like in the, the spate of right after Chris Langham got done, then it turned out everyone at the BBC was actively yeah. raping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 20 years. For 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. You look at the Chris Langham stuff and it's so, like, sad and and morally compromised in a really complex way. And then, yeah, just after that, it's like, Jimmy Savile maybe fucked a dead body. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so fucking... And that was not the worst... That was the best thing he did. That yeah. That was the yeah. least harm he caused. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Holy shit. Uh, you can't rape a corpse. Yeah. Because it's not... Anyway. Um, <laughs> where, 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 oh, yeah, the American uh, elections. I think that's. I think we can move on to <laughs> topics. We can move on to our ones now. Yeah, yeah, the topics. Best what you've been waiting for. The this fucking... is it. This is it. All right, roll the theme. Talk about the infirmity of age. I just nearly rolled my ankle walking to take a piss because my leg had gone a bit dead from sitting down in a totally normal way. Uh, what's our topic, Darcy? Our topic, well... It's a big sort of... I mean, we thought uh, we were having, you know, what's... I mean, is is, is there anything of, 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 of great pitch and moment that's taken place of late? And of course... It's been a very quiet time, but... It has been a pretty quiet time. There hasn't been a huge amount of bleakness, but there mm. is a scintilla of it. Mm. Um, there's some dust on the ground in the mm. form of Scott Morrison, the, mm. uh, the stupidest man in the country, mm. still being the leader of the country. Yeah. Yeah, that small thing that happened. Uh, aided and abetted by the deeply weird Josh Friedenberg. Yeah, yeah. He's a very strange person. It's really telling in its weirdness that the like the foundation for a lot of his power in the community comes from his being forced to socialise with old women. Like yeah. that and forced is the word, by the way. Yeah, 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 100%, because he never looks comfortable in the footage and stuff. But did you see that video of him in the Carmelite nuns? I did. Yeah, and they're like, he's a very lovely person. Not like those other ones you meet. Yeah. Politicians, Women... no, dear Jews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Women who haven't stepped outside of the monastery in fucking 40 years are like, he seems very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. Uh, but yes, the election happened. The federal election, 2019. Yeah, and uh, it was a fucking blowout. Uh, well, it was a terrible... It's turned terrible out to be a really time. shitty win for Scott Morrison. I mean, it's a great win for Scott Morrison because he won, and he yeah. definitely shouldn't have. Well, yeah, but I, it's also quite crap because they've got a one-seat majority. And... They, they have a one-seat majority, and there's also a bunch of stuff which I think I want to talk about in a, in a little bit when we start to get to the silver linings of all of this. Uh, but a lot of like land, like traps that they've inadvertently set for themselves. Yeah, because they thought they were going to lose the election, yeah, yeah. so they've booby-trapped all of the economy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that stuff is quite good. But in terms of the, the terrible shit that has happened, uh, Bill Shorten impossibly lost the election that he should have won handily, and it just goes to show that maybe you don't ignore polling behind Scott Morrison for fucking 70 consecutive generations. Uh, when you're considering the Australian electorate, which seems particularly vulnerable to a con man's charm. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. You also they don't wait lost. until the last five weeks before you start explaining 
what your policies are. Yeah, and hint like allow the liberals to pin you down and have your entire platform be franking credits, which. How have Labor not learnt to mm. sell their policies in the face of liberal smearing yet? Because yeah. all that the Liberal Party have ever done, mm. they've got literally two plans. One is there will be a commodity boom. That's their main plan. Yeah, yeah. If that doesn't happen, their other plan is wait for Labor to address a structural issue in Australia and find a way to attack it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all they've ever done. <laughs> and it's insanely successful. <laughs> Labor haven't learnt anything. Yeah. The Labor Party has been in existence for over 100 years. They're mm. the only party that predates the actual existence of Australia itself as a political entity. Yeah. And they have not learnt anything as an institution at all in any of that time. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. There are so many different ways to sell addressing inequality, like financial structural inequality, the way to do it is not to meet on the the complicated, uh, esoteric <laughs> battleground of franking credits. And it's indicative <laughs> of that uh, mistake, the number of reports that there Of all the there things been. we should choose to fight over, it's the one that nobody heard of until we mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. indicative of how dumb a battleground it was, the number of cases that have come out of people on the pension showing up to Centrelink asking how they get their franking credits, like, which is depressing is in a depressing. deeply Schadenfreude kind of way, but also very bleak. The idea of a poor old person <sighs> going to Centrelink and being like, oh no, that's for the rich cunts. Yes, that's the wrong... It's you, not for we you. We only um, give out taxpayer money to people who don't need it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was, that was uh, disappointing. They lost throughout Queensland because I guess they were shit on Adani. There's a little bit of Schadenfreude there as well in that it's been sort of... They were shit on a lot of things in Queensland. Yeah, um, yeah. And they, they have not been helped by the Queensland Labor government, which... Yeah. I'm not a huge expert on the local dynamics of Queensland or Me the specifics neither. of the um, Palajuk government. Mm. But they seem to have acquired for themselves a reputation of being very much... Everyone's like, well, you're not Campbell Newman's government, which is good. Mm. Beyond that, no one really needs to know what to say about them. (laughs) Yeah. It seems... I'm naive and dumb and an idealist, but it seems extremely simple to me that you would campaign in Queensland by saying, Adani is lying to you. It's going to be an automated mine. It's not going to give you that many jobs. It's going to take money out of your economy through the tourism dollars that you're going to lose when the reef is fully fucked. Yeah, and the taxes that he's going to avoid. Yeah, the Liberals and the Nationals are going to fuck the water table and destroy your like environment and drinking water. Uh, you're going to have another water crisis, and we all know how badly that's gone. The farmers are going to be fucked the rural people who require safety nets are going to be fucked. Like, seriously, what you need is a strong safety net and a strong investment in jobs there. And you should be... For de- productive things. Fucking destroying the Mineral Research Council. You should be burying those assholes. Yeah. Rio Tinto and BHP are on the verge of leaving the Mineral Council because of this thermal coal bullshit. They don't yeah. want it. They know it's not good for them. Yeah in terms of the reputation and the profitability of the industry. Yeah. They don't fucking want it. Yeah. Coking coal, like, fine, we need steel. Yeah. Um, Lithium mining is beginning to roll out. That's great. You use lithium to make renewables function long term. Yeah, very, very... But 
literally when the yeah. left attack the, the coal mining industry, they need to stop, say, doing that. They need to make yeah. it really clear that it's a thermal coal objection. Well, yeah, and, like, frame it in the grounds of exploitation. These people are being exploited. Like, it's n- n- not even that many jobs are being created, uh, and it's at the expense of things which they can't well, get and, back. And, and Adani could destroy jobs elsewhere. If yeah. it becomes a more efficient and competitive coal mine than, say, the King Valley or whatever, you're going to lose it. Yeah. Much. But the viability of the Galilee Basin, the Carmichael Mine... If the government doesn't build the railway for Adani, like it's not going to be vi- there's so many yeah, things that yeah, will make it's it unviable. Such a shaky <laughs> fucking thing that Galilee uh, Basin is a long way from the sea. It's not a great place to yeah, be investing in mining. And that other Chinese-owned mine has already said like pulled out and been like slid off on the quiet. And the yeah. reason for that, I can tell you, is that Mongolia is another. Mm. Uh, resource-rich nation, which China has finally completed its uh, freight networks through the hinterlands of Mongolia. Sure. So uh, what energy requirements China does need from renewable fuels will probably be much cheaper for them to extract uh, by train from the neighbouring country. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. The whole, like, allowing the debate to be framed in the way that it was framed in Queensland was a massive failure on Labor's part. Uh, and Queensland was obviously where they had the most serious losses. Well, they were, but they were beaten roundly, though, in the countryside. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't just a Queensland It wasn't just thing. Queensland, yeah. And it got me thinking, because the Liberals tend to be pretty consistently defeated in the countryside as well. Yeah. Um, but the Liberals had the sense and wherewithal to establish their alliance with the National Party a long time ago. Yeah. And it beggars belief to me. I've never understood why this is true. Mm. But uh, that in over 100 years as an existing political party, the Labour Party have never fostered any sort of alliance with any kind of rural voice who would be friendly yeah. to their politics in the same way that the National Party is friendly to the Liberals, which is not to say issue for issue identical. Yeah. But Often they sufficiently get friendly. By the liberal sometimes they do. Actually. And indeed, sometimes Liberals. Uh, really, really have to bite their tongue about stuff the Nationals are doing. Yeah, yeah. Like when they decide to destroy the Murray-Darling Basin, for instance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, well, they got away with we it. still need you, otherwise we won't beat Labour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really angry that you did that. Um, Whereas, for I, I know it's not the same and it's not a coalition, but, like, at the drop of a hat, the Greens and Labour will fucking be at each other's throats. Absolutely. Well, and the Greens, although they're an environmental party and you therefore might think they're therefore a rural party... Oh, they're, they're definitely not, not rural. No, no, no. Um, they're, they're despised, I think, more than any other group I can think of in the country. Yeah. And, and rightly only, so. Their only safe seat is Melbourne. Yeah. Like that, that's they telling. They have chosen to treat country people like inconvenient scum for the past 30 years, yeah. and that's bearing fruit. Um, but there's no the, there's this real belief, though, that country people are this sort of innately conservative stroke reactionary group, mm. but they're not. What they are is a neglected group, and the only voices that are harvesting their votes are, you know, lunatics, dangerous yeah. lunatics. But if you look at Bob Catter, mm. not that he isn't a dangerous lunatic, but if you look at his platform, on a lot of economic issues, he's mm. fairly centre-left. Yeah, yeah. His he's... right-wing stuff comes from his um, social policy, right? Yeah. But nobody, to my 
Mind has done a in-depth dig into the countryside to find out what it is that is appealing about Bob Catter and about guys like Catter. Mm. Are people interested in the social conservatism or are they interested in the economic leftism? Yeah. Now, a lot of rural people that I know are neither progressive nor conservative on social issues. They're conservative in the sense that they don't care, but they're yeah, also progressive yeah. in the sense that they don't care. Most yeah. of them, honestly, too stressed and poor and tired to give a shit about yeah. social issues. What is concerning them is economic issues and the fact mm. that they've been uh, totally ditched. And it makes sense that Labour struggles to connect with them. Labour's always been an urban party because that's where workers tend to congregate. Sure. But... There's no reason that they can't... There's no reason, if they can't do it themselves, why they can't build a coalition with a progressive rural party to compete yeah. with the nationals. Yeah. You know? we. The fact is, it's not been tried. We don't know what yeah. the results might be, but it's surely worth a fucking go. How much of this, to play devil's advocate, is... Uh, up to the rural people themselves to put together such a party for there to be the opportunity to form a coalition with? Well, that's a good question. Historically, um, rural people have been a lot more politically engaged than they are now. Mm. And there wasn't a mass leftist party. And the reason for that is um, demographic. Yeah. Right? Uh, rural workers tend to concentrate in relatively few numbers. Mm. Um or be itinerant. Yeah. But in areas where they have been able to establish themselves, they have been effective. So uh, miners, for all of their trouble they now cause, were yeah. once the backbone of the Labour Party yeah. in the countryside, yeah. as were rail workers. <clears throat> yeah. Um, obviously, politics and technology have changed somewhat yeah. from those days. But I think... Um, you, well, you would need this party to be self-sustaining, yeah. and it could be, but I think they may need some help getting it going just yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the financial resources and the technical resources sure, sure. that have never been established in, in the country um, because there was a time where Labour had a bit of support from these established workers' groups. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe that's why they never saw the need to invest. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But uh, I think in terms of resources, uh, it, it could be something that uh, needs a bit of help getting going. Yeah. But I don't see why country people wouldn't be able to sustain it themselves once it is going. Yeah. Um, in, other than the usual things that bring political parties undone, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know why it hasn't happened, though. I, yeah. I don't know whether it's because Labour haven't had the imagination or the inclination well, I mean, it could but just... given how reliably they beat the Liberals on a party-to-party -party base, if they mm. had a coalition partner who could fight the Nationals on rural territory, on yeah. rural issues, you know, you could be looking at turning the coalition into a an occasional protest government that disrupts things every now and again for <clears> three years yeah. instead of a reliable menace. Yeah, well, more than a menace, Labour haven't won an election outright. Uh, they won one election outright since 1993. Like, that's... Well, no, the coalition you... are destroying them. But it's be yeah. it's because of the National Party. Yeah, the yeah, Liberals yeah, yeah. have never been popular enough to beat Labour. It's yeah, yeah, always yeah, the a... Nationals that outflank yeah, right. them. On a, on a Liberal to Labour comparison, it's always... This is why it was so outrageous that Tony Abbott... Do you remember when he was going on about how illegitimate Gillard's coalition government was? Yeah, like, Fuck yeah. off, asshole! You've never beaten them on your own, ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a temporary alliance is somehow less... Of, uh, more You're of a literally called than... the coalition. Yeah, yeah. Which is... Neither of you 
nobodies could hold office on your own, and yeah. nor should either of you be allowed to. Yeah, yeah. It, the Bob Catter thing is interesting because, like, part of the problem, I I haven't thought enough in this kind of uh, area to really say anything with confidence, but part of the problem could be, like, it's taken this long for quote-unquote educated fucking city slickers to start to think their way out of the 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 two-pole dynamic and out of the neoliberal shit which has been fucking dogging us for decades now uh so like the terms of like political imagination imagining other realities and stuff yeah there's no reason to think that uh rural people are superhuman in that regard and so probably sort of activating at the same rate and that's why i think it might be good for city comrades to give their their uh, brothers and sisters in the countryside a a push you know because we have factors we have resources and capital they don't and one of the 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 good things (coughs) to come out of this election is i have seen a lot of uh strong voices on the left who some of whom are based in the city and some aren't who are rightfully calling out people who rag on like country folk and be like we have to stop with this fucking hick dynamic um but yeah on the bob Catter yeah, point I mean, that's, there are no unsophisticated bastards kicking around melbourne certainly yeah 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 it's all still top hat tails <laughs> over here darling don't you know yeah <laughs> it's interesting that the same city the, folk capital, are, the culture capital of australia yeah the, up against stiff competition the same uh city folk who are very like high-minded and condescending about country folk are the same ones who fucking start wearing high-vis and start doll wave bands <laughs> because that one fucking band got successful with that smoko song oh the chats yeah the yeah. chats um but yeah 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 the bob catter thing is interesting that like the escape from that sort of stasis of the neoliberal consensus and the two-party model uh it's weird that the people who are breaking through that are people like Kata and Jackie Lambie, who is like, on the one hand, an intolerable bigot, and on the other hand, the person with the most integrity in the entirety of politics. Like, well, true. I mean, and she champions genuinely from time to time left-wing economic she's certainly not more bigoted than the majority of parliamentarians i think she she lacks the uh, i have to i have to figure out what the cat's doing yeah yeah we'll be back what are you doing tiny cat stop it Uh, yeah, sorry, listener, the cat caused a fucking ruckus because he doesn't need to eat right now, but he can't abide his bowl being empty of cat biscuits, so he decides to become a fucking anarchist when it comes down to that. (laughs) I have to placate him with the kindly hand of the benevolent uh, autocracy. Oh, they're Um, fun like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were saying Jackie Lambie is not necessarily uh, any more bigoted than your average. No, sorry. Yeah, I don't think she is. I think she just lacks the um, uh, lifetime of learning to hide, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think she's an exceptionally uh, unpleasant person for the the parliamentary chambers. Well, yeah, but like that standard is quite unpleasant. No, but it's it's not a high standard. It's just it seems unfair that. Um, she should be picked out for being, you know, 
Well, I particularly think, gross when I in think, fact she's, I think they all should be called out. They all should be certainly. Which is, it's, which is fi- I find it weird when people point it out though, like it's a, it's a key thing about Jackie Lambie that like oh yeah. she's quite intolerant of foreigners. Like, mm. fuck me, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in this country. In 2019? Does she run a concentration camp or series of concentration camps? Yeah, no, she doesn't. So she's not the worst one by a yeah. and thundering kilometre. She's the sort of person who... I don't want to fucking stand for Jackie Lambie of all people, but uh, she does seem like the sort of person who would be sort of gung-ho on foreign policy stuff and then go to Manus Island or something and then come back and be like, oh, actually, it's not right. Whereas Dutton just has to stand behind the podium when he gives his press release coming back from Manus because he has to hide his erection. Well, I was like, about to say, do you know, he looks like he listens to Olivia Newton-John while he tortures tramps to death. He's just got that sort of... He's very... He'd be one of those, I want to listen to some sort of tacky, weird pop music while yeah. I torture a tramp. He's got yeah. that sort of vibe. Less cool Patrick Bateman. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's the per- the person that they had in mind when they invented the word degenerate. Like, he's uh, an absolute piece of work. Whereas Scott Morrison just looks like he enjoys... Uh, Olivia Newton-John, but but innocently. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has shit taste. You can tell. That. I don't. I don't think Scott Morrison would like to actually physically be involved in torturing someone. I think it'd be too stressful yeah. for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he wouldn't know why it was happening. Yeah. But give him like some credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's far too simple a man to have genuine bad intentions. It's <laughs> just this sort of like perfect shill. Yeah. Basically. He's he's gr- he's a greedy boy. That's he is. He's a treats problem. monster, isn't he? He's yeah, a little truffle yeah. pig. Yeah, yeah, and it's reflected in his economic and sort of uh, social policy. But yeah, that <laughs> that does seem to be his primary sin. Dutton scares the shit out of me. He's <laughs> chilling. Uh, he's the slender man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That look of focus on his face is he's trying to keep those like weird tentacles from bursting out of his back and stroking his victims' faces. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, trying to keep the fucking uh, glass eyes that he's bought from the reject shop from <laughs> extruding out of the rank smelling pallid dough of his face and rolling across the floor uh and the evil's getting closer to the surface every day as well isn't it yeah he's just looking more haunted gaunter fouler yeah it's like golems approaching the uh, mount doom yeah the ring is just squeezing his essence to the surface a hundred percent and yeah like he'll he's somebody to watch because his he hasn't made his last tilt at the leadership and uh it's hard to know. Some days it feels like the the extremists' moment in the spotlight has kind of passed them by, but some days it really doesn't. So. Well, I mean, you never know. Um, we didn't see it coming the first time round. There's no yeah, reason yeah. to think we should be any cleverer the second. Yeah, and the country certainly hasn't become any less vicious or racist overall. Certainly so. hasn't become any less racist, as, <laughs> as, as, as indeed... Um, somewhat doubling back on myself now. You know, the success of Lambie in the, as, yeah. as an independent... It is true, Um you can you can have an explicitly xenophobic platform and hurt your chances at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she is on the left. She's often comes through on economics, and it's because she's experienced the fact that you can become impoverished through no yeah uh, moral failings on your part. Yeah, and she does seem to be. I'm not saying this just because she's fucking unleaded or whatever, but she seems dumb. But in a way that makes her uniquely resistant to 
because there's dumb in the way that you'll just buy hook, line, and sinker what people are selling you, which seems like the Scott Morrison sort of dumbness, which yeah. is way more sort of reprehensible well, and dangerous. He, he's an advertising guy, right? And advertising guys yeah. are the main ones who advertising works on because they get excited about stupid ideas. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Jackie Lambie's, maybe stupidity isn't the right word for it, but kind of like, she, it seems like she's just not quite aware of the grift enough that she's missed a bunch of the nods and winks that happens. So when she sees the reality underneath something, she seems to be uniquely resistant to sort of ideological compromise, if that makes sense. Way more likely to be like, wait, actually, this is fucked, because she hasn't been at all of the secret meetings where they say... Well, I don't think that she views what she does as being an ideological pursuit either. Yeah. I, I really think Jackie Lambie's view of her role is simply... I want to make life better for people like me yeah. and for people who were in a position that I was in before I became a senator. And I'm just, that's how she views all everything that comes in front of her. refreshingly honest. I'm sure yeah. she'll do something absolutely vile Doesn't in the mean, next yeah. couple of days to make this This is a very limited very... defense, obviously, yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, she is relatively unconcerned about people who aren't like her. Yeah, yeah. You know, she doesn't seem to have any issues with their mistreatment whatsoever. Yeah. Uh but anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry. We were talking about rural stuff. I want to go to some some sort of broad strokes uh, election loss happenings. Yeah. Uh, like Christensen trebled his share or some preposterous fucking thing. He got a massive swing towards him. It was probably a mistake to point out that he was a, a corrupt, incompetent, sex holiday weirdo who never turned up to Parliament. I think as mm. soon as I was like, oh, he's never turned up to Parliament, his constituents were like, yeah, good, that's... <laughs> Sounds like pretty much man. the best we can hope for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that guy who did turn up to Parliament. He did a lot of good for us. Yeah, yeah. it's great living here. So he he <laughs> roundly held on to his seat. Uh, Dutton held on to Dixon despite strong efforts to unseat him, which was a disappointment. It was very disappointing that Dutton was uh, still haunting the corridors. Yeah, uh, Frydenberg held on to Kuyong despite some pretty serious competition, uh, more than I ever expected to see. Well, he, he had Julian uh, Burnside, Burnside, didn't he, running against yep. him? I thought if anybody had a chance, I would have thought Burnside had a pretty decent chance. He fucking came... It was a 20% of the primary take, I think, which is really? like significantly higher than this seat well, I'll has tell you ever what, gotten for, for, a, for a Greens member running in the... Blue Ribbon Heart Band. That's yeah, incredible. It's, as well. it's a fucking yeah. even for a, <clears throat> a, a, a knighted member of the <laughs> aristocracy. That's still yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was him and Oliver Yates uh, primarily. Ah, oh, um, Oliver Yates writes for Fairfax sometimes, doesn't he? He's a sort of disaffected liberal. Yeah, former liberal guy, yeah. investment banker uh, who sort of woke up one day and realised that he was all of his colleagues were stupid. Basically, yeah, I think he's still a money monster, but he is, he's but he's not a moron. No, no, <laughs> he's like, do you know what? Do you know what's good for making sure I don't get murdered by poor people? Feeding the poor people—that's what's good. I don't think he's even particularly concerned with feeding the poor people. His thing was climate change, like that was his yeah. single issue. No, I've, I've, I've written election. broadly across a bunch of things about the, the Liberal Party need to be more concerned about like the little people. Oh uh, yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. He's not a bleeding heart. He's just not stupid. He doesn't want. Yeah, he's one of those. That article that came out was like. Fellow billionaires, yeah, the it's pretty poor much are like, going to riot. Do you know what's <laughs> probably enough for us? 30% of the wealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can be sustainably terrible. Uh, you get to enjoy your champagne for the next 50 years instead of just 40. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that happened. Uh, Abbott lost his seat, which was a so good, a beautiful moment. And immediately, people were like, "Now, now, 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 now! Someone's career's just ended. Let's not let's yeah. be respectful. Fuck off! His career's ended. He just got a ninety grand pay rise. Yeah, yeah. He earns more than a GP. <laughs> He's doing extremely well. It is not the life. same thing as actually becoming unemployed properly. No. He's fucking fine. And they're going to send him to fucking <coughs> Washington or something anyway. Uh, there was a classic abatism in his uh, uh, speech, where his concession speech, where he says, uh, when it uh, comes down to being a uh, quitter or a uh, loser, I would much rather be a loser. Oh, that's right. And Cause, uh, the implication what? being, I, Tony Abbott, am a massive loser. Which is true. Which is true. And I tell you what, had it been even closer, mm. had the Liberals broke even with Labour, yeah. it would have been his fault because he should have got out of the way and let somebody else who wasn't poison yeah. have a run at the seat. Yeah. Really yeah. selfish if you're a member of a team. So like, nah, yeah. fuck you, team. But like, I have an ego to satiate. <laughs> Abbott's main blind spot has always been he just thinks that he is the best politician in the Liberal Party and their best hope for the future. Like, That's true. Completely incapable of sort of. He uh, is the anthropomorphic hmm. Dunning Kruger. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about the parallels to US politics uh, with this the other day in that, like, Beto O'Rourke, who became nationally <coughs> and internationally famous for nearly beating Ted Cruz uh, in Texas, he, he became a massive star. Here, I fucking can't remember who beat Tony Abbott. No, nor can I, actually. Some independent? I don't know. I think it was an independent. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they went Labour. It yeah. might have been Labour, I don't know. It's. I think it's just gen- generally the US, for all of its abject, terrible, like worst possible combination of personality traits writ large, they tend to be optimistic and more about winners. Here, we're so fucking resentful and mean-spirited that all we care about is that Abbott's suffering. Well, but it's it's like the, um, you know, the, the Wentworth mm. by-election. Of, uh, yeah. Larissa Waters was kicked out immediately once. They're like, okay, it's voting time now. We're going to go for Sharma after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that was... <laughs> uh, yeah, Karen they, Phelps, right? Karen Phelps, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was... Um, that's true backlash against the party that was all it was yeah but they were never going to actually abandon their what i suppose you could call them principles yeah 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 in a in a certain way they are their thing that they live by listen uh, if you pause that out principle it's the technically true the the first uh foundational (laughs) operating position yes it's a principle uh terrible principles so yeah, all, all of that happened, and obviously Bill Shorten ate shit and immediately stepped down. That was later. that was better than. Do you know what? I was actually happier to see him go than I was to see Abbott go. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I was similarly like, uh, like this is the one good thing that's going to come out of this is that we can break from the idea that Bill Shorten's kind of style and energy sucking character are the future of the party. We mentioned think, him less than a minute ago. I already feel like we've been talking about him for hours. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, immediately <laughs> so tired. I'm just, bored with it. So I think we can safely fuck. leave him in the dust. And I think for our last sort of like little bit, 
we can pivot and immediately start talking about how disappointing, like get to our basic, which is yeah. So Christine Keneally has read the room. Interestingly, she's mm. just come out and wants to shoot down British Airways flights coming to Australia <laughs> or some fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, bizarre. I don't think she understands how intercepting planes and. What are you talking about? I don't even know what Christine Keneally's very angry with Peter Dutton because too many people are arriving by plane now. Oh, of course. The, like, and I've got no out. idea what substantially she'd like to do to change the way planes land in it, Australia. Rile up the electorate. That's all she wants oh, to do. She doesn't want to change anything. Tell you what, she's getting that, that trans-Pacific upbringing of hers yeah. is doing a <laughs> doing a sterling work at the moment, though. Maybe, maybe we could uh, build... That was the a... weirdest thing to just come storming out of the gates with. But you never know, it could. If she keeps the next three years just going on about it, yeah. fuck knows. It seems like anything you say, if you just yeah. spend all of that three years just saying it, yeah. it'll give you some sort of benefit. Yeah, yeah. The election. We'll end up with a Bioshock Infinite-style floating <laughs> concentration camp where technically they've never set foot in Australia because it's hovering two kilometres above us. Well, remember, Australia doesn't exist for the purposes of migration or some fucking... Yeah, yeah. So, well, let, let's... Let's start it. So, Bill Shorten fucking beefed it. Albanese immediately... Everybody was very excited for a couple of minutes because yeah. I think Elbow's generally been quite well thought of. He's had a couple of gaffes, but he's generally been pretty good. Most, most of his problems seem to have been, like, he was a little... Uh, too eager to attack the Greens from time to time and to punch left. But, like, in that sort of classic Labour versus Greens, kind of semi-justified, mostly completely useless war kind of thing. Like, I didn't see that being a big drawback if he stuck with his, like, bullish left-wing unionist rhetoric. Absolutely so. But immediately came out and fucked up by saying, like, oh, the Labour government needs to be more in tune with the business community of Australia and, and... Like... Really? I didn't think that was physically fucking possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And basically, he's just been a huge disappointment from step one. I don't know what it is about the leadership of the Labour Decided party. to remove our buttock muscles just in case they were getting in the way at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've moistened my tongue in anticipation <laughs> of the boot. Um, something, uh, yeah. something about the leadership of the Labour party where you... Plans. Yeah. You have to immediately shed all sort of like... Uh, personally attractive qualities and just become a vaguely sinister uh it's because labor are doing what they always do in response to experiencing pain which Mm. is they they um immediately just sort of recoil in horror there's no discipline there's no cool thinking there's no sort of moral courage it's immediately they just just retreat into that self-loathing that they've been in for so long yeah yeah and it's it's been really bad they've been fucking like making insane statements and then backpedaling on them and And they've straight away just gone into the oh sorry we 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 thought that you were that we could be us yeah but we 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 understand that we are that we are wrong yeah the time hasn't come yet we will retreat into well they talk about um Next time round, we're going to be a much smaller target, which means we're going to be yeah. much less distinguishable from the incumbent government, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they're pro-offshore processing, they're fucking... And they're going to try and take the line, which is actually strategically, tactically, like it's a line that can work for them, because it is true, mm. is that we'll give you everything you like about the coalition, but it will be organised by more capable people. Yeah, yeah. 
be a which they can always fall back on slightly less of a rot. We're not going to personally rot you. We don't have the personal connections to the and make millions of dollars off every tax cut, but we are going to let the people who profit off those tax cuts rot you. Yeah, but but still, like everything will fundamentally work in a less embarrassing, disastrous yeah. fashion. And it's a real and you might get you might get a good idea out of it. We might come up with something. Yeah. you never know. But it, that uh, broadband thing that was all right. We'll, we'll come up with something like that. Maybe national wireless. We'll do do national wireless. We'll give everybody a yeah thousand gigabyte sim. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty four more, and you could have a terabyte. That's what the coalition will <laughs> uh, campaign on. They want to rob you of twenty four gigabytes. No, one they, terabyte for they're all They're going to cut a deal with your mate, old Lyca Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a callback to our very first episode there. Yeah, fucking hell. Uh yeah, basically the only thing that has been like unambiguously positive is Albo saying that he wanted to cancel the Labour membership for John Setcar. Yeah, that's so, been pretty good. He has been pretty good on that. But, uh, look, but that's just because he knows, and he's right, uh, and it's right to do this. But he just knows that like being a woke party is important for the Labour brand at this point in if time. If they're going to sacrifice everything else, yeah, yeah, then yeah, absolutely, it is that they have to. That's why they've got to hold the line on that at least. That's why the four leadership. Uh, people are two men, Albo and the Grey Void Charmers, uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo Charmers, not my joke, but yeah. Uh, and then uh, Plibs and Keneally, like, equally. And you still got Wong in the Senate. Yeah, sorry, 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 Wong and Keneally, I meant not uh, Plibs and Keneally. Um, Joe, technically speaking, yeah. a senator can be the party leader. Yeah, but they can't afford to lose... In retrospect, yes, they should have made Just Penny saying. Wong the leader. <laughs> In retrospect, they absolutely should have. But I under like people were saying that, and for I called the one thing that I predicted right was like they're not going to make Wong leader because they need her in the Senate. Yeah, which but is she true. Can though. lead from the Senate though. Technically, she can. Be, oh, really? Yeah. She doesn't have to flip to the House. It's not. It's a convention. It's not actually a rule. Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck. I mean, it might not be. It could be practically impossible though. I'm not yeah, sure. yeah. You can't unfuck that dog, as Dungo would say, our mate Dungo. Uh, or you uh, will leave it up to the markets to decide, as mm. our brave new leader would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the come away. It was a massively disappointing result for the election, and then a massively disappointing result from the leadership shakeup. They're doing their listening tour at the moment, so yeah. I hope that for once they actually listen to like uh new start advocates and uh environmental and not advocates even and speak with new start advocates they no. might do environmental stuff yeah they've they chosen a, they've chosen a pretty good time to bitch out on um energy leadership because like despite the past no. decade of strong arm smothering tactics by the fossil fuel cartels yeah it has got to a point where renewables are just a better choice yeah yeah private so, industry that's that fucking what's his face michael lamb uh interview is like yeah. the guy being like no but private industry is choosing renewables now texas is the best argument for this actually because mm. they have their own energy grid i don't know if we spoke about this on the show before texas is the sure. only state mm. in like the kind of um what are they the lower 48 the contiguous the contiguous continental yeah. united states yeah um is the only state with its own energy grid yeah Everyone else is either on the east or west coast amalgamated grids. And Texas has basically, the government has essentially, it's mostly run off smart AI. It's mm. monitored, but the smart AI does most of the decision making. Mm. And it literally just has to choose the 
least expensive and most efficient source at any given instance to power and renewables have pretty much taken over the Texan grid. As yeah, as well, right. And the government, the cons- Republican government, are fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, they they actually have uh, in Texas, it was never sold as this is good for the environment. It was always just sold yeah. as this is a decentralized, more efficient, less expensive source of energy. Yeah. It'll make you less dependent on a company. You can have it and it's your own generator kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and also when it comes time to secede from the union. Oh, fuck. I don't think... Is that even a thing, Texan? They're still talking... Are they just waiting for the union to collapse I think around them? I, I think don't think... You, you don't even need to go. I it's think it's gonna, in their DNA. They're not going to do it while Trump it's gonna is president. It's going to fall apart. Robert um, Evans had a thing on that. Have you been listening to his... No. So he's, he does a podcast called Behind the Bastards, which I'll do a short spruik for because it's very funny. Mm. But he's also done one about the Second American Civil War, which yeah. begins as quite a fantastical imagining. But as he goes on, you do find yourself going, actually, I can kind of see. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <coughs> he used to write for Cracked. He's a war correspondent. And yeah, yeah, podcast. yeah. He's a good lad. Yeah, I mean, that's with all of those things is that, like, we're in, in this day and age, especially, like, because the boomers are just deluded and then X and millennials and Zoomers have never had to deal with it. We think that we're immune to these great seismic events. And so then when they, like, when small seismic events like Trump getting elected happen, we lose our collective shit. But of course the country could go into a fucking civil war. Civil wars happen all the time. Yeah. Human beings haven't changed. Yeah. The sets <clears throat> and the costumes have changed. Yeah. But the actors are all exactly the same burnt all... out, desperate alcoholics yeah. they were before. <laughs> also also desperately infected with that fucking Francis Fukuyama sickness where we just think that we've reached the status quo. Well, but I mean, he's even he's backed away from... Um, oh, from the least defensible position in history. I don't yeah, but he's a, he's, a, he's a social democrat now. He's yeah, a, he's a, which is it gets the shittiest position on the left. It's the it's the most conservative left position. But, but he's a like he's he. The Fukuyama point is, is a fucking sniveling careerist. He will go wherever he thinks the fucking money is. Which is no longer neo-lib though, which is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a shitty win, but it's a win still. Yeah. It's just easier for him to go social democrat than it is for him to go uh, like. Well, he's never going to turn his back on whatever. actual liberal capitalism at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can't go with the massive racists because he's obviously not not a race. Wrong. Yeah, not a hundred percent white. He's not the race. He doesn't meet the the uh, the the quantum requirements of the new eugenic right. You're not going to be white, though. Being Japanese is probably the next best thing, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, that's true. they've got this, like, well, the Japanese are different, but they're an honourable sort of different. They're yeah. A... They're essentially... You can get behind them as, <laughs> like, a... F- hyper-racist, hyper-capitalist. They can be like our lieutenant race. Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> very true, unfortunately. The fucking oh god, the world that we live in. Racist um, weeaboos is a well, white supremacist weeaboos are a fascinating. Yeah, the, every time you see an anime avatar on Twitter, it's like a toss up whether they're going to be like a sexually radical, like furry erotic artist who's like hyper anarchist or something, or somebody who's Absolute just a straight ethno-nationalist yeah. uh, white supremacist piece of shit yeah Chapo have done that with the grey wolves it used to be very reliable that a wolf was always a Nazi now it could be an anarcho syndicalist yeah, yeah. or something yeah but um, Roman and Greek statutory still, still always a denotes very, a fucking a very complete balance. <laughs> yeah. especially if they've decided to call themselves Marcus Aurelius 
Yeah, yeah. There's an astonishing number of accounts called Marcus Aurelius on various platforms. I'm not surprised. And it it can't all be the same dude, just because it would be too much writing for anyone to... But it's amazing how it seems like the same dude. None of whom (coughs) remotely is clever as Marcus Aurelius. No, and when you see photos of him, you're like, oh... You're not. You're no Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius sure. didn't spend a whole lot of time just arguing with random people about yeah. shit. <laughs> he was hey, a busy dude. Hey, riddle me this, Marcus Aurelius. <coughs> Why do you think that the great Western civilization never made a fucking absolutely realistic marble sculpture of a portly dude in cargo shorts with a fucking Mountain Dew <laughs> bottle in the background? Why is that not part of our fucking artistic tradition, you fucking sack of shit? Whose healthcare and economic rights I still champion. Uh, well, we have to. Yeah, so the Australian fucking election, that yeah. stuff happened. There was something else. There was one other wrinkle to it, but I forget. Well, there was... There was you, you wanted to talk about something specific, right? Well, we've spoken about the country party ah, okay. to an extent. Yes. Um, and but every, anything else that I would say about it would be speculative. Because mm. the thing is, these parties have to become, you know, their own creatures right i think part of the trouble that we have on the left is that the left is really all it is supposed to be is an expression of you know the proles the lumpen and the petty bourgeoisie right that's the the little trio that make up the left yeah and it's not an expression of those groups at the moment Mm. at the moment it is uh a, a sort of shapeless um, middle class wreck. Yeah, it's uh, and it has been since neoliberalism was allowed mm. into the Labour Party. If I could make an aesthetic critique of this episode, yeah, uh, so it feels like I'm I'm struggling to get a foothold on the anger and the the sort of progressive animus that I feel like we need. That's kind of underpinning it. I think that's reflective of the the election as a whole and the state of the Labour Party is it's just a fucking such an unenergetic, unfocused, disappointing mess. Like, there was a certain inevitability to the feeling of disappointment when the election results came in. Well, that's... Another grind, another three years of grind under this shit. And I'm like, I'm in a pretty secure position, you know? I'm, I'm relatively I'm suffering less than a lot of people but I do work in disability I do work in education I do work in the arts and all three of those fields get fucked every time the liberal party gets in and it was just like the feeling of like oh yeah another three years of being like oh that that opportunity is not available anymore ah the conditions at the house that I work at are gonna go down again Uh, uh, another fucking four literary magazines are gonna shut down or whatever can't imagine what it's like if you're actually imperiled one of the serious medical issues or you're homeless or on new start or whatever i mean I'll, i'm getting there don't worry i'm getting there i'm getting to at least two of those things yeah yeah it's um. just <laughs> fucking i would i i used to be on centrelink for for study allowance and used to be like poor in a very sort of safe common people kind of way but like i i can't imagine this i found that stress inducing enough well i might need to go back on Oz study but i i can't until i've resolved this um, whether or not I owe them eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of those. I got one of those fucking RoboDebt things, and I was just so lucky that it worked out that I didn't have to do anything more. But I was sick with anxiety when that thing came in because if it if they're completely arbitrary, bloodless, uh, fucking showdown system decided that I owed them like six thousand dollars or something, that would have fucked me. It would have fucked you. And I'm 
Again, I reiterate, <laughs> uh, fucking quite quite secure by comparison to to actual vulnerable people. So, I think part of oh, the problem it's just when exhausting. you s- talked about it being, you know, the grind. Mm. Labour have got a pretty significant disadvantage against the coalition, which is, I think, predicated on the fact that, again, your average Labour person is less stupid than your average coalition person. Yeah, that's probably true. And certainly the the talking heads in government Mm. and in opposition, Labour Party tend to have more capable, more intelligent people than their opposition... Oh, sorry, than their coalition counterparts. Mm. And with that comes a real lack of conviction when they try to sell the same snake oil that the coalition believe in. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got Friedenberg and Morrison, these shiny-faced, fucking gormless twits Mm. who are championing an economic cause that has been lost. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, that doesn't do any good. But they can still sell it because they're stupid people. They really, yeah, yeah. genuinely, these are not supervillains, mm. right? Even Dutton, who looks like a supervillain, isn't. These are just really stupid people. Mm. Dutton's stupid and a sadist. I don't think Morrison and Friedenberg are sadists. I think they're just stupid. Yeah. Labor don't have any conviction when they try and run on the same lines because they know it's bullshit. They're just saying it because they think it's what they have to do to win. Yeah. They're like a resentful waiter who yeah. knows he's got a certain formula he has to follow when he's serving you but you can tell he secretly wants to get fired yeah <laughs> yeah we went uh let's anecdotize this uh mads and i went to she's gone on a fucking fellowship overseas uh, uh an art fellowship right <clears throat> and we went to do shopping to like pick up the last shit that she needed to make sure that she wouldn't be uh, stranded without necessaries overseas, so we went. To, we did a shop to the to the chemist and to JB to pick up some like replacement electronics shit that she needed. Kilos of Ventolin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all in Camberwell, which is for those who don't know, like the the swirling asshole vortex. Uh, of, the well, yeah. the property developer tried to call it. I don't know if it it's still called. It's, it's still called. called the well, well the, the the shopping building. complex. Yeah. yeah, is is the well. And that was like, based on youth speak that has never existed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what people call it. Yeah. Yeah. When people complain about the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, like there's like three prongs to that. There's like the Turak kind of extremely rich yacht set. Uh, and there's the like, uh, maybe there's only two prongs. The other one is like Camberwell, which is like comparatively less uh, grandiose aristocracy, but still just like Camberwell. wealthy. Glen Iris are like the sort of the solid yeomanry of the system. Yeah, right? yeah They're yeah. not the upper middle classes, but they are definitely yeah. well off enough to fear the revolution. Yeah, well off, pathologically mediocre. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, and Don't look at like me like that. Completely tasteless and, and vicious in their kind of... Uh, center right kind of positions anyway we're in the camp we're in the well <laughs> buying this stuff and all of the uh the staff that we talked to were like it's not their fault their jobs are shitty i don't blame them for hating them but all the staff that we talked to because these are the people that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis were like we were like oh can we get some help with this and they'd be like yeah what do you want <laughs> oh i'll see if i can get that for you well uh the last we went to a chemist as our last stop it was half an hour before it closed 
Mads asked one question and she resentfully helped us. And then she was like, well, have a good night. And like forced us to leave the shop before we'd finished shopping because she has to deal with Camberwell people on a day-to-day basis. She's fighting monsters. I don't blame her for that. They are monsters. I had to give That's the Labour Party. They're just like, oh, how can we help you? Knowing that, yeah. Yeah. That's their duty or whatever, but there's no convictions behind it. No, no... they know neoliberalism doesn't fucking work. It's fucking... Chris Bowen is the the beating heart of the right wing of the Labour Party. Mm. And his budget was an attack on... It wasn't an attack on capitalism, but it was an attack on neoliberalism. Yeah. And, and now, for some reason, speaking of the disappointments, we we now have under elbow the left of the Labour Party, yeah. going further right than the right wing of the Labour Party, who are yeah. now the which means Chris Bowen's now the head of the left faction of the Labour uh, Party. <laughs> yeah, that's except in the such Senate, an angering statement. In, it, but the factions haven't changed in the Senate, so mm. it's all very confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gone from like yeah, who who's left to give a shit about in the Labour Party? Well, we don't have a Corbyn. There was some hopes don't that, have a that Elbow might be a Corbyn-y figure, yeah, but, but he's he not. just he took all of the wrong lessons or made all of the wrong compromises uh, upon taking leadership. Penny Wong, I like, but she's loyal to a fault, which means she's not going to go against the. Uh, party line, uh, but when she's off, no. Penny's leash, got that really old good. school Labour, yeah. um, kind of vibe about her. Where she's like, I can criticise the party. I can behind closed doors. I'll say a lot of shit about this party. But if any mm. of you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. line in public, yeah. So that's like she's. We can't pin hopes on her. People talk a lot about how good Tanya Plibersek is, but to be honest, I haven't heard fucking anything from her in the last since the election campaign really started up. All I've heard from her is that she didn't want to run. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I guess in that sense, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. At least you have a certain degree of sensible about you. Yeah. But I don't know much about Plibs. I've I've seen her do very good takes from time to time. Yeah. Um, But I've also seen her do very party line dull yeah, crap. Yeah, I think that's just the, the problem. There's, Her there's good no takes were not when she was deputy leader, though. When she became deputy leader, she became very much like uh, yeah. the leader. She became as boring and pointless as Bill was. Well, yeah, that was the... the it's so frustrating that the Labour unity thing was something that they really needed uh, after the pointless mess of fucking Rudd Gillard Rudd. But yeah. to happen under Bill Shorten with that platform... Well, because Bill Shorten was... The architect of the Rudd Gillard Rudd yeah, disaster. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to unite around somebody who's going to get people's mind off that, you can't really pick the one who made it happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he's—I mean—he's the one who's not in prison anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what was it? Erica Betts was that the dude who? No, Erica was, Betts is the. He was in, involved, but he wasn't. The guy. Eric Abetz is the Vincent Price yeah, character. Yeah, he's the <laughs> idiot the... from the Liberal Party. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who I'm thinking of because he's been in prison for so long. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Doesn't matter. I know who you're talking about. He was about, one of the New South Wales right, the yeah, awful yeah. people. Yeah, truly the fucking worst politicians in the country. Definitely. Uh, At least the Liberals are meant to be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, anyway, the, the 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 election. It was a fucking disappointing mess. It was. Um, it was very disappointing, especially for people who are now going to have uh, food taken away from them and housing taken away. Yeah, from yeah, them. yeah. D- never. It's fucking... not like a you know. Oh well, we'll get it right in three years. It's three years of very real consequences for human beings. As shitty yeah. as the Labor Party is, yeah, and as inadequate to the what we need them to do as they are, yeah. Um, fewer people. Uh, suffer early deaths and uh, it's it's like, indignities under their government. Yeah, it's a the genuinely liberals. valid point, like an an argument against accelerationism, uh, which this country doesn't need anyway. In the way that accelerationists in the USA argue that the US needs accelerationism, but anyway, the argument against it being that like preventing suffering is a perfectly legitimate goal, whether that's in the short term. Of course it is. And yeah, things have already gotten worse. I, I hate accelerationism under... because it's as soon as you get to the point where your ideas are more important to you than the people that are supposed to benefit mm. from those ideas, then you can go and fuck yourself. You, yeah. You've become a, a an unhinged zealot. Yeah. I wonder about... Yeah, I don't know. There's the, the, the Zizek argument of a vote for... Uh, Macron now is a vote for Le Pen in four years or whatever when he was talking about the French thing, which similar dynamic in Hillary versus Trump, where it's like, if Hillary gets in, she's not going to meaningfully reform anything, and then you get hyper Trump in four years, which yeah, but then if they elect Biden, then that might be good in the short term. You're also suggesting that the you can somehow defeat fascism by using like Tai Chi, and if you just sort of like embrace the fascist winds, then you can bend through it. Well, it's which uh, isn't how they work. You have to oppose them every chance. I think the case there, yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course. but I think that, that that argument is more around primary kind of... Yeah, you, uh, you vote for whoever you have to to stop the Nazi, and in the meantime, you make sure that you've got your best person for your own internal politics later. Yeah, yeah. But there's never a reason to be like, oh, well, I guess we'll get it over and done with. That's not how fascist regimes work. <laughs> yeah, that's... You have to just stop them. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Uh, and yeah, here, uh, it's not quite fascism, but, uh, well, I don't know, maybe if... You're in certain demographics, it's pretty indistinguishable from it. But, yeah, for our indigenous population, for everybody on welfare, for educators and students, for disabled people, this has been a terrible result. Speaking of needs for progressivism in the country, Mm. military occupation of the Northern Territory is now in uh, its 12th year. Yeah. And there has been absolutely no improvement in the lives of uh, anybody who's living under that actual military occupation in the heart of of our own country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely preposterous stain on our uh, national conscience. Uh, Largely a problem with the media, which I guess we'll go into next time, because we've got the fucking raids and all of that shit. the media were part of the group who... Yes, we've got got a lot to talk about there, don't we? But I'll very quickly say, you know, when the Little Children Are Sacred report came out, Mm. the media were the ones who uncritically fed the oh we have a pedophile epidemic yeah, yeah. in indigenous communities line which the report didn't say mm. there was concerns about like an actor literally yeah. one person yeah which I- um is kind mm. of like you know holding any governing authority responsible for mm. one person and it doesn't happen under any other circumstances only if they're indigenous corporations yeah yeah the authors of that report i uh, think i have this right spent a lot of effort 
going around and kind of talking about that and saying where there were genuine concerns and how they believed that could be addressed. And also pointing out that, like, a lot of their data on child abuse was from uh, fucking white people coming into the communities as external workers, like pastoral workers or government workers or something, and then abusing That's right. uh, yeah. people. And, like, a lot of it was just boilerplate poverty shit and... Like, yeah, and nobody listening to them, despite the fact that they were the ones that authored it, they would rather listen to the the mouthpieces from uh, from various media organizations. And yeah, uncritically repeating has been a repeated sin of our media class in this country. And yeah, they've reaped what they've sown in the form of AFP raids, which That's again, true. we can't really go into now. Cause no, it's- suffice it to say, though, a lot of the new power and shitty oversight of our security agencies is because the press decided to lobby for a police state in response to a small number of um, angry teenagers, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking shithole this country can be. Uh... <laughs> That should be us for this week, though, I think. Yep. Uh, yes. If you uh, want to contact Weakness for Bleakness, you can yeah. contact us at weakness for weakness for bleakness at, at gmail.com. Gmail.com. No uh, tricks with the spelling. No tricks with the spelling. If you're in Melbourne, come to the Old Bar this Sunday. My band is playing a show. Uh, Do make sure you yeah. have all your wheeze and poos out of the way before you go in, though, because the old bar lavatories often get brutally vandalised by th- people from the suburbs. I think they've uh, repaired or are repairing the, the toilets there. They had a fundraiser for Craig it. Craig from Nary Warren will have kicked the urine all to pieces by the time it's <laughs> Sunday comes round. I Maybe. <laughs> uh, quite possibly. I love that venue, but the toilets are a bit... Uh, not their fault. I dire. should stress this is not lack of no. Interest the, the, manage, from the managers, the management at the old bar are very. It's very just cool it takes people, longer uh, to build things than it takes to knock things over. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Uh, fucking, really, the source of all of our social <laughs> and political so- entropy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that it's just easier to destroy than it is to build. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's this Sunday, the seventeenth, uh, the sixteenth. Sorry, of, of June. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. We're see around for a little time. bit. I think Darcy, you're going overseas. I'm 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 uh, going abroad at the end of um at the end of the month because I need the dry, warm air of uh, <laughs> the Iberian yeah. Peninsula to, to heal my sickly physique. As yeah. you've possibly heard I'm not yeah. my best at the moment. And then I'm leaving on in August. So just because he doesn't want to be in Australia anymore. No, I have to go and research political madness in the US <laughs> for my fucking... That would be fun. Don't get shot, though. Yeah, I'm terrified of getting shot. I'm legitimately pretty scared about the US. Not about getting shot, but uh, just generally their, their entire fucking social thing I'm pretty nervous about because I'm, I'm a fucking shrinking violet at the best of times. Uh, you know, if, if I was going to America, I'd be worried because I know I'd forget to tip and then that's probably how I'd get shot. Yeah, yeah. You would be shot in America. <laughs> For sure. They would think you were a fucking red coat. Well, uh, they, they love that now. <laughs> that's true. They might just think that you're a fucking you. I'll just pretend like to have horrible opinions and they'll treat me like they're king. Yeah, Like yeah. they did with Piers Morgan. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You could probably get away with a lot. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so we'll be around for a few weeks, I guess, maybe doing this shit and then we'll fuck off for a little bit. We'll have another little little holiday. This is the new podcasting standard. No more weekly episodes, just... We we endeavour to provide you with what we can, my dear. Yeah, yeah. 
It's genuinely been that we pretty can't make fucking any harrowing three months. Uh, it's been awful. I keep thinking we should do an episode, but yeah, can't. No. But luckily, the world's only getting worse. So no matter how many Plenty opportunities we miss, there'll always be something Plenty ghastly for us to sink our teeth into. Yeah. Anyway, this one's been a bit of a longer one for you. Uh, to, to say sorry. 10% extra value. Is that what we've given them? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's us. See you next time. Cheerio. Oh,